There's just so much more to hear. Download our podcasts at DubaiEye1038.com. You're listening to Drive Live with Emma Brain and Natalie Lindo Taylor. Robbie Greenfield joins us in the studio live now too. Robbie, good evening. A very good evening to you, NLT. How are we? I'm good, thank you. I'm good, thank you. We're going to crack on with the sport. We're not going to ask you any questions about if you want to be an avocado tester. Um, so <laughs> let's you. move. Let's move directly to uh, live cricket ongoing England India at the minute. Yeah, absolutely. And I tell you what, England are having an absolutely torrid time on the first morning of the fourth test down in Southampton, of course, leading India in the series 2-1 with the opportunity to actually wrap up this series if they're able to get victory in Southampton. India trying to square things up going into that fifth and final decisive potentially test match. But at this particular time, England are struggling. They are 87 for six NLT. What an absolutely horrendous (laughs) effort in their first innings the ball is doing a lot in fairness but England did win the toss and they did elect to bat so Joe Root obviously thought that the conditions were favourable for batting how wrong he was because Alistair Cook has been removed for 17 he was caught Virat Kohli bold Hardik Pandya uh, um, Keaton Jennings fell for a duck Joe Root was out for four the captain Johnny Bairstow who was taking that injured finger into this particular test match he was out for six and the two saviours really or at least uh, one of the saviours of England England in the the previous test, which of course England lost massively to India. Ben Stokes, he was LBW by Mohamed Shami for 23. Joss Butler was uh, bowled by Mohamed Shami again, caught Virat Kohli, the second catch taken by the Indian skipper for 21. So right now, Ali and Curran are at the crease on five and one respectively. England are absolutely in the mire, 87 for six in this fourth test. And I've got to say, if, in, if, in, if India do go on to win this test, it will set things up for a very dramatic finale. But what is happening to test cricket is is really the question. We're not used to seeing this kind of thing. The conditions over in the UK, it's, it's a very late time of the year to be playing test cricket. It's getting on mm. into the autumnal months over there now. So there's probably a lot more moisture in the air, which is probably doing a lot more to the ball, which might be starting to throw the conditions into the favour of the bowlers. But again, we're seeing a continuation of the theme where teams, particularly the batting side, fails to put on big scores and and very much fails to apply themselves in the way that we're used to seeing test sides do so, which, you know, the lack of patience and the, 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 the propensity to see wickets tumbling. That's what's happened in Southampton this morning. And India will look to skittle England out, or the rest of their, their men out. They've got four more wickets to take in this first innings and then try to gain a really decisive advantage by putting on a big score in their own first innings. Do you think as well, Robbie, we discussed this yesterday, is all the new forms of cricket. There's so much competition, you know, in terms of just good old test players. Yeah, too. and that's it. Virat Kohli was saying yesterday about the the, the, the scepticism he has for the 100-ball format, the ECB's new idea to bring in yet another format of cricket. We had David Miller on Sports Tonight earlier this week who, who believes that we are heading into an era where T20 players will play nothing else. They won't play test cricket. They will not even play one-day international cricket. And that ODI arena is almost as under as much threat as the test arena because... The short form of the game, T20, and if anything, things are moving even shorter. We've seen the T10 league launched yeah. over here in the UAE. Now, that might be an experiment. That might be something that really takes legs going forward. There's been a lot of talk about whether a T10 version of cricket could finally be 
the, the, the format of the game that allows cricket to break into the Olympics and become an Olympic sport because you can play a T10 match in mm. 90 minutes. You could basically play it in the same time that it takes to play a game of football. So that could be even more in the direction that we're moving as things get shorter and shorter and shorter, attention spans get shorter, and no one has the time or inclination to sit, <laughs> apart from me apparently, to sit in front of the TV for five days and watch test cricket. Okay. But I, I have to say, when given the opportunity, when I'm on holiday, that is exactly Nothing what I will you love do. More. Yeah. Um, okay, <laughs> let's move from bat to racket, US Open. Um, just, I think, a quick word before we get into who's in, who's out, and what fixtures are coming up. Elisa's come out and said my uh, reprimand in terms of what I was wearing or getting changed rather um, you know was a hundred times worse or what happened to Serena Williams rather being banned from wearing the catsuit was a hundred times worse than what happened to Elise. Yes yeah Elise Cornet who who you might or may not be aware she received a, a code violation for removing her shirt or basically changing mm. her shirt on court which obviously instigated a lot of claims that there were huge amounts of double standards given the fact that the male players do that all the time and they don't receive any such violations the WTA criticized it the US Open have I think realized their mistake and they've come back out swiftly to to make a change to that ruling but that caused a bit of a furore coming off the back of of what the president um of the or the tennis federation president said about uh, about the, um, the the decision to ban um, Serena Williams's cat suit, he said, or Bernard Giadicelli, if I can pronounce that right. Now, apparently, his comments were referred to by Elise Cornet as living in another time, because he had come out and said that Serena Williams, in an interview with Tennis Magazine, needed to respect the game. Now, this is a an outfit that we've already discussed on this show had a mm. medical benefit mm. and Serena Williams, who has had a lot of medical complications following the birth of her child, was actually wearing this for a, a medical reason. Um, and, and of course, as a, it, it later became, I think, a bit of a fashion statement. She felt she's, she, she said she felt like a superhero while wearing it. But it just shows a real disappointing regression, I think, in, mm. in what, what has been or at least pertain to be more progressive standards and more open-minded, less stuffiness in the world of tennis. But the French Open have decided to sort of go backwards to regress and uh, and it's been criticised by Elise Cornet. So Serena Williams, who's been pretty quiet on the subject in all fairness, she will not be able to wear that uh, superhero cat suit at the French Open next year. She can, of course, wear pretty much what she wants to wear at the US Open, which is probably the most laid back of the four major championships. And the news pertaining to Serena Williams is that she will meet her sister Venus. We spoke about that at the start of the mm. week as well. In uh, in the third round, they both won their second round matches, the Williams sisters, to set up a 30th career meeting. Serena Williams beat the uh, world number 101, Karina Withoft, 6-2, 6-2. Venus saw off Camila Giorgi 6-4-7-5 so they will face one another in the third round and that will be an absolute blockbuster in the first week of the US Open we're not used to seeing players mm. of that stature who've won multiple Grand Slam titles Serena Williams of course going for that 24th Grand Slam title she came so close at Wimbledon losing in the final to Angelique Kerber she's had a huge hold over her sister Venus who's of course the year older of the two she's won uh, uh, the majority of their pre previous meetings in the last 10 or 12 times that they've met but uh, so she'll go in there as the big favorite but looking forward to that one and that will one that one will take place not tonight but of course tomorrow in the third round 
on Friday. As for the men's tennis, Rafa Nadal is through to the third round. He defeated Vasek Pospos. The pronunciation of these names. I know. I am forever stumbling on these. Pospisil. Vasek Pospisil. That's the one. 6-3, 6-4, Rafa, very straightforward. We know about the heat that's um, ongoing over at Flushing Meadows. It is unseasonably warm over there in New York. So the fact that Nadal was able to keep his court time to an absolute minimum will see him in good stead going into the third round. So he's through. What about a former champion, though, Andy Murray? He is not through. He lost in four sets to the Spaniard, Fernando Vadasco, Vadasco, the 31st seed. Murray not seeded after all his injury problems, and he lost 7-5, 2-6, 6-4, 6-4 Fernando Vadasco, who, uh, who progresses to the next round. So Murray, not really surprisingly, given all his issues, given the complications that he's had and the, the battle to regain full fitness, his mobility on court, such a strength in, his, in, in, in the sort of main part of his career prior to the injury to his hip, has really been hampered over the course of this comeback. And uh, it's going to be interesting to see where Andy Murray goes from here because we saw Novak Djokovic take a long time to come back from his own injury problems. And now he's hit top form, seemingly, having won Wimbledon and he's still going in New York. I I do worry for Andy Murray, though. I think his injury and and his race to recover fitness is is, is a degree more serious than Novak's. And we might have... uh, We've certainly seen the best of him. I don't think that's. I'm not sure whether we've seen the last of him. He'll obviously go and talk to his doctors and his medical professionals and figure out what to do from here. But yeah, it's uh, sad news for Andy Murray because things don't look good for him. Um, Any uh, other upcoming fixtures we need to see? We know the Venus Sisters are meeting. You've kind of ran through most of the upcoming matches that are of interest, really, haven't you? Well, yeah, no, we've got uh, matches tonight involving uh, Angelique Kerber, the Wimbledon champion, the number four seed. She's taking on Sweden's Larsen on the Arthur Ashe Stadium court. Benoit Pair will play Roger Federer, the second seed, five-time champion at uh, Flushing Meadows and over. And then later on in the evening, this is really into the small hours of the morning here in the UAE, Novak Djokovic. He will face Tennis Sangren of the USA, a player he took on over in Australia earlier on in the year, Maria Sharapova, she's the final matchup, the 22nd seed Russian on the Arthur Ashe Stadium court, taking on Romania's Thursday. So that's the tennis coming up later this evening. We'll be keeping an eye on that. And uh, the other thing taking place a little later on this evening, NLT, is the small matter of the Champions League draw. Yes. It's come around again, hasn't it? That time uh, of year. Yeah, amazing. And three Spanish sides are in pole position to, uh, to to be top seeds in this draw, given the fact that Real Madrid are the holders, given the fact that Barcelona are the champions of La Liga and Atletico Madrid are the holders of the Europa League, the Spanish sides are set for a favourable draw because it's all worked on a seeding basis. I'll quickly run through some of the pots for you. In pot one are the top seeds, the champions of their respective divisions. You've got Real Madrid, Atletico Madrid, Barcelona. They cannot face any, any of the... Teams from the same country cannot face each other in the first Mm. round of matches. So they'll be kept apart regardless. But all three of those teams should face relatively straightforward routes out of the group phases and into the knockout phases of the Champions League. They're joined alongside Bayern Munich, Manchester City, Juventus, Paris Saint-Germain and Lokomotiv Moscow. So none of those teams can face each other in the opening stages of the Champions League draw. Pot two, Borussia Dortmund-Porto, Man United, the beleaguered Manchester United at the moment, Shakhtar Den. Napoli, Tottenham, Roma and Benfica. They're the second seeds, if you like. The third seeds, well, what about the finalists from last season, Liverpool? They're they're alongside Schalke, Lyon, Monaco, Ajax, CSKA, Moscow, PSV Eindhoven, 
Everton and Valencia. And uh, the I won't call them the, the lesser lights. Well, perhaps I will call them the lesser lights because that's done it really, now. <laughs> really what they are. Red Star Belgrade, Victoria Plzen, Club Bruges, Galatasaray, Inter Milan, Hoffenheim, Young Boys and AEK Athens. They are in pop four. So we wait to see that. That is eight o'clock this evening. The Champions draw, League draw will take place and uh, we'll keep a close eye on that one. Okay. Uh, Robbie, just um, before we let you go, you up for today's last word? Of course I am. The last word. It's not what you eat, but what you eat. So, Robbie, it's not what you eat, but where you eat. you eat. Where you eat. Okay. Well, at least that's what I like to tell myself. <laughs> <laughs> Emma, what about you? How? How you eat. Okay. Oh, I like that as well. <laughs> if you have a better suggestion, text us for 001 or via the free messaging app. We'll reveal all in a few minutes' time. For now, Robbie Greenfield, thank you very much. Thank you. There's just so much more to hear. Download our podcasts at DubaiEye1038.com.